What's going on, Jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. First battle season one champion, Mike Long. The king of sad stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Troy Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. This is your real WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Gufaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening. You're listening to this. You're listening to. You are listening to. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show's post Survivor Series podcast. Uh, as you probably know, my normal ghost Kaz is uh, in a cage match with COVID right now. He's getting better. He's getting better. At least he says so. But it's, you know, going to be a little bit of a long road back. I'm joined here, well, as always, but not as always on the mic with my producer, John Kermit. John, how are you doing tonight? How was your Survivor Series, huh? It's, it was a good show, honestly. Overall, you know, I think it was a lot by the book in terms of, you know, I don't think there was too many surprising endings, but I still enjoyed the whole show for the most part. How about you? Yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's tough. It's a tough beat when the biggest surprise of the night was that, like, The Undertaker didn't appear, right? I mean, it's like you get yourself, we all work ourselves up about these things. Right. Listen, we were sitting here just several days ago talking to Stack Guy Greg, and, uh, we spent about ten minutes talking. It was fantasy booking the Undertaker into the into the Raw versus SmackDown five on five Survivor Series match, and at the end, in a like a defeated breath, I was like, "Well, it'll probably just be Otis, and you know, we'll be just regret having this conversation." And then, like that later that night, I was watching SmackDown. I texted Greg, just like, "Holy shit, it's Otis." <laughs> and and then you know, you started hearing word that they didn't have anything planned for Taker during the show. Frankly, I mean, as you know, people listening to this don't know, I tried to start this podcast half an hour ago. The The main event ended. They started running the commercial for the Broken Skull sessions. And I was like, oh, they're starting the pod, the, the Broken Skull thing. All right. And let's let's hit record. And you were like, no, no, no. They're doing a thing with The Undertaker right now. And I was like, wait, what? It was very unclear. Like, they went straight to commercial. And it wasn't like, a, oh, come back and we're going to have The Undertaker celebration. It, it definitely felt like it was cutting into the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast with The Undertaker. I thought that's what the follow-up was and then Shane McMahon's music hit and then that's when I kind of stayed on yeah well anyway it was a nice goodbye to the Undertaker if a little bit confusing it was cool to see all those legends out there to wish him farewell and then like they all just disappeared the moment that the moment that Undertaker came out I mean I mean I guess it's fitting I w- listen they've broken kayfabe a lot with the Undertaker since the last ride you know documentary came out and uh I'm happy that his final goodbye was not a continuation of that kayfabe breaking. Um, But the whole setup was just kind of funny. I mean, it's just like, we're in a weird time, man. I was like, like the fact that there wasn't a live crowd there. I mean, in some sense, it didn't feel a ton different, but you know, I think it feels like he should have said, I mean, this was the appropriate time at Survivor Series, the anniversary, whatever for him to say goodbye. But it still just felt like, man, I wish, I wish that like, you know, those audience chants were, well, or I was going to say organic, but real, right, you know, exactly. um, you know, I think like many other things this year, COVID definitely had an effect on, you know, the, the whole thing. I, when I saw the legends come out, my first thought was like COVID, why do we have this many old people in one spot at once? But overall, I still think it was a, a great moment watching that. It just made me think of like the memories of when I first started watching wrestling and like, 08, 09, around that time. So obviously, like the Shawn Michaels WrestleMania matches, you know, and different moments like that for me. 
Okay, so you started watching when in 0809? So did you have any idea who the Godwins were when they came out? No, did you- <laughs> zero clue, zero clue. 0809, so you don't even know who like Midian is. You don't remember like the Ministry of Darkness. That, so I've seen like clips from the Ministry of Darkness. Like when I, so 08 was when I officially started, you know, sitting down watching weekly. But before then, I think me and my friend, my, my, one of my best friends is obsessed with wrestling. So we were always kind of watching like old tapes at his house. So I would pick up, you know, different characters here and there. So I knew of like, you know, the all-American badass Undertaker on the motorcycle, which I think a lot of fans I hear from didn't like that character. But I thought he was so cool when I was, you know, 10 years old. I just thought it was cool how he had, you know, the variations of personalities and stuff like that. Oh yeah, listen. He was cool. I don't. I mean, I, I, I was. I, I am a you know a purist in so many ways. All of us wrestling fans are assholes about this. Listen, uh, it wasn't. It wasn't that it wasn't cool. It's just that it was different, mm-hmm. you know. And and we can be sticklers for that sort of thing. But whatever. I mean, it was cool. Looking back, it's a. Li- there's a little bit of a cringe to it, but everything of that era is sort of cringy. But whatever. I mean, it's <laughs> it was cool, and it's wild that he's actually saying goodbye. Like the biggest swerve you can pull in wrestling is actually just leaving. You know, I mean, it's it's sort of crazy when he I mean, the entire time, no matter how I mean, if you would ask me, I would have said this is actually you know, at any point during this thing. I'd be like, no, no, this this actually seems like it's a goodbye. Everything I know from, you know, from public and behind the scenes, this is actually the end. I would have told you this is legit and it's just a goodbye and we should not expect anything else. But as a wrestling fan, there is no way to get that piece of your brain to shut up that like as long as he's out there with the cameras rolling, there is a there is a fighting chance that someone's going to hit him with a chair. Like it's it's like it might just the fiend is going to show up like your brain's spinning like who didn't come to the wait Batista's not there his his, but he feuded (laughs) with Batista maybe Batista's going to come out and attack it you know like you're thinking John Cena we're seeing you know like this is. It's crazy. I didn't believe it until it did until it actually cut to the Broken Skull sessions and we saw Undertaker sitting in his chair like a kid in his dad's Sunday suit like in like <laughs> totally subsumed by this leather coat and I was like, "Oh, well, this guy really is done." Uh and he looks done. Yeah. But anyway, there are very few like I I always sing the praises of WWE's production department and I always will. But they but they there's nothing there's no one in the world that does a video package better than WWE. Like, if I heard the NFL was like outsourcing video packages to Stanford, Connecticut, I wouldn't be surprised. They do a fucking great job. There are very few wrestlers whose whose careers can't be you just can't do justice with a video package. But the Undertaker's got a cool video package. It was top notch. It does not even scratch the surface of his career. People talk about the American badass a lot, and that was a huge turn, and that was incredibly important, I think, for just maintaining his longevity. It actually broke him out of a rut that a lot of people weren't able, that he didn't know he was in. Fans didn't know he was in. It would have been really hard to pivot to modernity without that hard turn, but the bigger pivot that he had in his career was his kind of like post-everyday wrestler career. When he started just becoming the WrestleMania guy, and he when he started having five-star matches at WrestleMania every year, that was the biggest pivot anybody's ever done. He was always a talented big man, but he was not a talented big man like work rate. Like, mm-hmm. like he was good for a big guy, but that wasn't saying a lot, you know? I mean, and most of his big matches were against stiffs too. So what did you even know, yeah. you know? I mean, and, and, and I mean, when he started just, when he became an in-ring god, that was like the biggest swerve of all. But anyway, he's fantastic. Wish him farewell. 
Well, we know the under. I mean, we know the Undertaker's streak was broken by Brock Lesnar. There's been a lot of kind of stories about that. I think he's been doing some interviewing about that, but that's sort of beside the point. He he remember, but he did say he was surprised because he didn't think Brock needed it, but maybe like Roman needed it. The funny thing is that Roman, if Roman had gotten it that year or any other year, he would have gotten booed out of the ring. Right now he's getting booed. Now now he's getting booed out of the ring only because the the all the noise, all the crowd noise is fake. <laughs> it's can, all of it's canned. So when so this is this is my way of pivoting to the main event tonight. When when Drew and Roman Reigns got went outside the ring right before Roman put him through the table, there was this boo that just went everywhere. And my wife, who was watching with me all night, but she's a little you know she's not she doesn't keep up mm -hmm. right. So she she perks up, and she's just like, oh, do they hate Roman again? Well, because there's boos everywhere, <laughs> right? And I was like, oh, why are they booing? Like, what? This has been a good match. And then I was like, wait a second, these aren't people. Like, I was kind of confused too. It's like they're booing because Roman is a bad guy and he has the upper hand. But it doesn't, but but of all the, the crowd noise we've had since they started piping this stuff in. This was like the, the first era, like hard boo, it felt like. I don't think I've really Well, heard they, they've had boos before, but it's the first hard boo that felt out of place because yeah. in there's no there's no version of reality where that moment in a wrestling match would get booed. They went they're they're going outside the ring and they, you know they're about to bust a table open. It doesn't matter if it's the good guy or the bad guy that goes through. You're excited, right? So yeah, it felt it, it but it was the first time you noticed the boos like that. But I don't know, man. I thought that match was it had a little bit of what I call what I what I, I don't have a name for it. I should I, I should coin a name for it. But it had a little bit of the John Cena beginning to it had a little bit of the vibe of a John Cena pay-per-view match at the beginning, which is to say they did a little bit of stuff, but about Five minutes in, they were trying to pretend like they were 20 minutes in. Does that make <laughs> yeah, sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. John Cena would always get tossed outside the ring, and then he would come back in, and Michael Cole would be like, how is he standing? And you're like, <laughs> yeah. it's like 10.05, dude. Like, how is he standing? He just got here, you know? But like, uh, but so they did, but they, I mean, they earned it. it they earned it, but it was... I mean, the, the match wasn't over then, you know? I mean, they, they but they, they, the whole gimmick was we're gonna, we're gonna bust each other up, and we're gonna... We're going to kind of wear the crowd out, too. But it was a really... I don't know. What did you think about the match? It felt... From the jump, it felt box office. Uh, I think, for me, at least, in these past couple months when watching Drew matches, I feel like sometimes they have similar issues, I think, where they get off to slow starts, at least from my perspective. And this one, it felt like by the end of it, it was worth the payoff. I think at first I was, you know, there was a lot of grappling, big fight feel type of slow it down vibes. But I think by the end of it, it was, you know, really something special. I like how they continued the Jey Uso story. I wasn't sure how they were going to wrap that up after the uh, opening match, uh, how that went down. But overall, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, man, I thought it was fantastic. I thought they did a really good job just start to finish in that match. I mean, I just thought the whole thing was just really well put together. It's really beautiful. And I thought that, like I said, I, I kind of, you immediately know the story they're going to tell. And because you watch wrestling, you kind of know, you didn't know how it was going to end, but you knew what like, you knew what like the broad strokes of what like the last five minutes were going to look like, right? A lot of like Claymore, missed Claymore, right. Superman punch, missed Superman punch. Does he get him with a spear? How many spears is it going to take? Yeah, whatever. 
But they did. They told the story really, really well. And I don't know what we talked about on with Greg on Friday. This, in retrospect, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. This was exactly the ending that they had to have, right? I mean, this was a perfect ending to it. Exactly. Drew Drew defies the odds. He almost wins, and then there's just a little bit of a schmoz, and he loses, and it's fine. Everybody looks good at the end. I guess I have a question for you. Would you have saved this match for WrestleMania? I think you talked about it before. How this it feels <laughs> WrestleMania big, and I know they already face each other, and with Roman as the good guy and um, Drew as the bad guy, but I feel like. I don't want to say this was wasted because it's Survivor Series, but I feel like it, it seems like almost early when you could have pivoted with having, you know, Orton versus Reigns and it still feel like a big match. What do you think? Well, there's a couple of things. One, they don't, I mean, uh, there's no hard and fast rules, but they're supposed to not do champion versus champion matches except at, at Survivor Series. Right. Now, obviously, for if they need a main event at WrestleMania, if The Rock's not coming back, if there's no star power, then this is like the biggest match. They'll they'll just do a champion versus champion match just to draw a crowd. But uh, in theory, this is the best time to do it. Listen, I think the greatest compliment you could give either of these guys is that we're having this conversation right now. Mm -hmm. But the one thing the past like five years of pro wrestling have taught us, as if we didn't already know, but have really driven home, is that when you have... When you have a box office match ready to go, you push play. You got to go. Because the odds of both these guys being healthy in March are like 50-50. Right. You know? True. And even if they're healthy, what if, whatever, what if Jey Uso is the biggest star in pro wrestling in three months? <laughs> yeah. You know, what if, what if, like anybody, what if Otis is bigger than any of these guys come WrestleMania time? Well, then he's going to be in the main event. You know? So, like, you have... Like, there were so many times they tried to do a S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion, and it just, like, they could never get the timing right. Because they, well, I'm not going to do it now, but, like, we're going to save it for something. We're going to say whatever, and then and then somebody would be hurt. So we're going to save it for another time. Oh, we can't do it because everybody hates Roman, right? Whatever. The point is, when you have when, when you, when you have it, when it's, and it's a big moment. I'm not saying you throw this away on Monday Night Raw or whatever, right. but, like, it's Survivor Series. It's a, it's a big show. This is the appropriate time to do it. No, you can't. And listen... They might fight again at WrestleMania, and it'll be even bigger because of this match. Because this is true. This is a this is a an in like a, it's not a non finish, but it's a it's a toss up finish. And when and then and now these guys are going to get pulled apart for six months or like until whenever you know until I don't know who knows when they're going to cross paths again. Right. So you know it, it's it's going to have that much more built in if they ever try to re up it. So I you know I think it's I, I would not have saved it, but I think it's a it's a really interesting question. They tied it all in together, like you said, with the, with the Uso thing from earlier in the night. I mean, I don't want to. We got to move on. I, I don't want to give that match match short shrift. I feel like we could talk about it for six hours, and it would still feel like we hadn't given enough. It was a, it was a damn good match on a night filled with damn good matches. Um, you know, the Survivor Series matches, as is their you know tradition, just kind of there to tell a story. Uh, and and we talked about uh, Jay Uso a little bit. Jay was the last man standing in the men's Survivor traditional Survivor Series match. Uh, it ended up with all of those SmackDown guys getting eliminated sort of one by one. At the end, it was, it was Jay and, uh, and wait, who was the second to last? Otis? Yep. Yep. Jay and Otis. So Seth Rollins sort of gave himself up. Now, I don't know <laughs> if this is just, uh, so he, so, so Seth Rollins lost on Monday night to Murphy and everybody just kind of said, Ha, like ha, uh, farewell, have a good paternity leave, Seth Rollins. Like, like the assumption was he's just written off after getting, you know, kind of jobbing out to Murphy, which is true. But then I think everybody forgot. Wait, he has one more match to do. Yeah. But he came out tonight, and I don't know. I, I mean, if they write, if they, if the story here is that he is still 
considers himself the Monday Night Messiah, that he was like sacrificing himself for the good of Raw. Uh, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of baller and also kind of sacrilegious, but whatever. Um, but anyway, so he gives him, he, he just tags himself in and then tells Seamus to kick him in the face. And he did, he did, and he pinned him and he won. And everyone's sort of like, okay, that's how we're starting. All the other SmackDown guys get eliminated. It's finally Jey Uso versus the field. And he holds his own for a minute. He gets his little chance to shine. I think he might have set a super kick record in a single match. Like he hit at least <laughs> no. like twenty five. Oh my 30 gosh! There are some, there are, all of the young Bucks fans who are listening to this are really mad right now. But yes, uh, Jay Jay Uso was. I mean, he, he it was fantastic, man. I mean, he he was he was super kicking everybody. It was a whole. I mean, it was just it was just fun, and. Um, and I can't, I mean, it, it didn't, there was no point where it felt like he was going to win, partly because the way the match, I mean, the story of the match was going to be that that no one from Raw got eliminated. So given that no one was going to get eliminated, and so they really couldn't have Jay, I mean, the, the best way to tell the Jay story would have been Jay get, you know, pins four people and fails at the end or something, right? right? But they wanted all the raw guys. It didn't really make that much of a difference. They wanted all the raw guys to stay in so they can kind of continue that storyline. And they, but they made Jay look really formidable for a few minutes. And that's sort of all you can ask for, right? Yeah, for sure. You know, I think when I finished the match at first, I was a little, I don't want to say frustrated, but a little, I guess, thrown off by the fact that there were no raw eliminations, but I think overall in the story that they were trying to tell, it still ended up being a pretty exciting match. You know, I think Otis, he had his time to shine there. Uh, Before this match, if I'm being, you know, completely transparent, I didn't really understand Otis. I didn't understand like why he's been getting like the push that he's he's been getting, why he won the Money in the Bank briefcase. But, you know, I found myself kind of entranced in like, you know, his five minutes of of getting his shit in where, you know, he hit like the, was it a belly to belly on... Yeah. Um, on Keith oh, Lee, on- or was it on Strowman? He he hit like a big suplex on somebody that I no no he hit well he hit a couple of them but he yeah. hit one it was the one on Keith Lee that seemed like they like they were defying the laws of physics yeah exactly I was that that was the moment that really kind of changed for, for me and I really liked his charisma through it all and you know overall as, as you know we both said I think a great story was told overall based on what they were doing yeah for sure um. It, Everybody on the raw side, I and mean, because everybody was was there at the end on the raw side, you know there weren't a bunch of huge standouts, right? I mean, the the biggest, kind of like the biggest moment for almost everybody at Raw was like right when they entered the ring for the first time. I guess AJ sort of did a little bit of workhorse stuff at the beginning, but then it was like the whole Sheamus got a spot with with Rollins, and then Keith Lee and Strowman got that both got the holy shit look at this guy moments yep. and. Um, and Riddle did okay too, you know, Riddle was happy to be there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, they all, they all looked good for sort of all blurring together. And then I think we're going to see a lot of combinations of these guys fighting starting tomorrow night on Raw. Um, but that was, it was a good match. And then at the end, you know, we, afterwards we saw Jey Uso go backstage and kind of, and Roman just said like, you're worthless, go home. Everyone's losing respect for me because you can't control your team. Uh, (laughs) And so the whole the whole match sort of existed almost, or the SmackDown side was sort of in service of that. Right. Uh, my, my highlight, one of my highlights for the match was Kevin Owens shit talking Seth Rollins after Rollins got himself eliminated because Kevin Owens does some of his best work, uh, like outside the ring, like just like the like that he's always on, he's mm. always on, and it's just fun to watch him. The other, do you have anything else on that match? Um, 
the Kevin Owens attacking Riddle's feet specifically was like oh, amazing. Oh, I totally forgot about genius. that. Genius. And the fact that, you know, obviously, if you, if you watch, you notice that Riddle never wears shoes. And the fact that Kevin, that's the first time I've seen someone directly just attack his feet. And I thought that was pretty cool. That's another great example of if it's almost like, why, why do you have this? Do you want to save this match? That's like, do you want to save this like storyline? You know, you do want to save. Do you want to save this bit? Yeah. For like a match where it's like it's a one-on-one match that really matters, right? It's like no, just do it. You can do it again later. No one's gonna care, right. you know. But like, and 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 now, I mean, who knows? Maybe now this is the storyline with Riddle. He's got he gets his feet stomped. Maybe he needs to start thinking about wearing shoes <laughs> or something. But it was so good. Owens just went in the ring, and it was like he was so excited just to stomp on this dude's bare feet, and he should be. <laughs> You should be if you're a competitive fighter, you know, and exactly. a guy's out there with a kick me sign on him, you know. I mean, that's it's 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 it was amazing, and that yeah, that was a that was just a, a great moment for him. Um, the the women's five on five match, it was a fine match. The ending was sort of perfect and hilarious. Yeah. I really like I I gotta tell you there the the thing the thing where the with the moment where the when the riot squad was sort of beating up Nia Jax and then you know going and you kind of setting up a Jackson Baszler versus the riot squad feud like that that's gonna be fun I'm excited to see like Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan definitely like made me interested to see what that match you know what that feud's gonna look like but I'm gonna be honest with the exception of like Lana being forced to stand on the stairs and I guess I, I really did not care about this match until. Bianca Belair's like like showdown against Baszler and Jax. That's exactly, like that was it. That's what I was gonna say. I think Bianca Belair had her time to shine at the end there, going toe to toe with them. And I think Liv Morgan, she also had a little bit of time being the the second to last person eliminated. But other than that, there wasn't anything major. I was surprised that Bailey got eliminated. I believe first for Team SmackDown, right? Yeah, she got some. She got a good look, but I mean, I mean, and how much does she really need? I guess, but she, you know, but 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 yeah, she she did get eliminated early. Yeah, it just seems like for someone that's been carrying the women's division and well, uh, WWE in general, you would have her on for a little bit longer. But I guess for the shock value, that's why you would have her out first. Yeah, but- I mean, and listen, if this was like the men's. <sighs> I mean, I you know, I don't want to get too down on anybody. If if this were like the men, if this were the lineup of the men's match, you can kind of you could kind of justify, oh, I'm going to get out of the way. You know, I've had my share of main events. I'm going to get out of my way and let these guys shine or right, whatever. You know, right. but Bailey's one of the one of like the four people in this match I would pay money to see. You know, I mean, it's not like this. It's not like there was just like a ton of headliners or a ton of like potential huge names in this match. Um, you know, maybe, maybe, I mean, maybe we're going to, I mean, like I said, I'm interested to see what they do with the riot squad. Uh, it is not like inconceivable that I'll be, that I will be like talking about, I'm like, I'm excited to see a Peyton Royce or Lacey Evans match. It's like a year from now. I don't know, but you know, I would have liked to see more Bailey for sure. But, and some, maybe some character development, but she was thrown in the last minute and, you know, she had her fun, but like there, this wasn't the spot for her to really evolve, I guess. So, you know, we'll see more of her in the coming days, but I totally agree. But I was watching my, the most anxious moment of the night was when it was Belair versus Jackson Baszler. And I was like, Ooh, they might just, they might just squash her. They might just let the ending be, you know, they might just beat her up and then go straight to a, some, you know, a gimmick with, with Lana. Yeah. Um, but I was like, man, are they going to let her shine? Are they going to let her shine? They gave her her moment. Yeah. My 12 year old's over here. Just like, what do you mean? Are they going to let her shine? He's like back and forth on how real this thing is all the time. It's like, do you mean, are they going to be nice to her? You're like, what? <laughs> like, no, no, not them, not them. The people backstage. Um, but, uh, but 
but they gave her that they gave her a good look, man. She looked really good. All those flips and stuff that she was doing, really, really good. Um, I gotta say something nice about Shayna Baszler. There is there are very few people in professional wrestling, male or female, where like everything their body does looks correct. Mm. There's no moment where Shayna Baszler's walking across the ring and you're like, oh, she's she's doing a thing. Or or it's like, oh, she like uh, she, I don't know. She's not like carrying her weight. I mean, she just has like every second she's in the ring, she fully embodies being a professional wrestler. Right. I love the spot where she was pinned, but she still had her submission, you know, locked in, and the ref wasn't looking while she was pinned. Oh, and, so and, good! Yeah, so that good. was that was a dope spot. Yeah, and that's I guess that's another little thing to build up that little fe- that that feud with the Riot Squad too. So that I mean that'll be fun. I, there was some fun stuff that happened throughout this match. Yeah. Um, Bailey, oh, speaking of Bailey, though, we didn't even mention that superplex she took off the top into the crowd. I was like, well, obviously they're obviously they're like gang, they're they're all getting together so that they can catch somebody. What are they gonna do? <laughs> and then Bailey basically, uh, who was it, Peyton Royce, suplexer, super superplexer, whatever, into the mob of everybody else. But it looked like nobody caught her. It looked like one of those like like crowd surfing moment stage dives where you just go straight to the floor you know right. like it's it was it was awkward awkward for everybody bailey was sort of laughing on the floor I don't, i'm sure that was part of it um but yeah i mean it, it was it was a fun match those both of those matches both of the 515 matches were good little things and i'm glad they kind of used them like they did as sort of the popcorn matches of the night they were your chance they, they were sort of the funny let's take a break moment because man everything else was just great i mean it was just serious serious stuff which is to say well lashley versus zane kind of was what it was and it was it was was a pretty short match too but the street profits versus the new day and more importantly sasha banks versus oscar were just great fucking matches i mean they were fantastic matches and uh you know those those two combined with the main event were enough to make you excited? I mean, make you happy at the end of of, of any show. I mean, it, they were so good. Sasha versus Asuka for a match that, I mean, nobody was, I guess, too surprised by the ending. It's not like Sasha going over sort of, and especially with sort of a roll up finish, uh, was like stunning. Nobody was in, and it was only what like twelve. I'm looking right now, thirteen minutes long. So you know, half the length of maybe a, a traditional main event match. Um, yeah, they still had, Actually, they so, had some good spots in there. Like, um, I think Sasha tried to dive onto Asuka from, like, the, the crowd rail or, like, the guardrail into, like, a code breaker. I thought that was a pretty cool spot. Um, overall, just a really fun match. It was really good. It was really, I mean, they just, they they went at it. And like I said, there wasn't, like, I mean, they did they did a lot of cool stuff with submissions, with reversals. Sasha's right. always doing that stuff. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, and, I mean, this is... The top two people on the main roster, the top two female performers, probably on the main roster right now, right? And they just like, I mean, they give them thirteen minutes, they'll 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 tear it up, you yeah. know. Um, uh, may, it, it, I mean, maybe even more so than the main event. This made me want to see more. I know we've right. seen this recently, but they're always so much fun to watch right. together. Were you surprised that there was no uh, Carmella interference? I was kind of expecting that, just based on how the last few weeks have gone, where Carmella seems to jump her, jump Sasha Banks literally every week. I thought that would have been something to kind of continue that story, but I guess yeah. Not. I mean, I, I did think about it. I was more preoccupied with the Miz not cashing in. I mean, because they kept reminding us, they kept reminding us that the Miz could possibly cash in, which is a terrible thing to do because not only does it 
take the focus off of what's actually happening in the ring, right? I mean, there's I've we've not had a main event match that was so comp- that was as compelling as this in both in terms of the two guys fighting and in terms of what Roman Reigns was doing beside outside of the you know with Jay Uso separate from this, right? Two storylines, one that's like, you know, the the Uso the, the Roman Reigns one is like well-earned and significant. The champion versus champion match, they kind of put together at the last minute, but like they, but Roman Reigns, we didn't even talk about this on SmackDown on Friday, made this thing matter. Like it was so, it felt like a big match. And like you said, it was box office. It felt so big. And meanwhile, the announcers are like, you know what? After this match, something kind of less exciting might happen, but you got to think <laughs> about it, you know? Like, and you're just like, come on, man. And now we're thinking about the wrong thing. And it doesn't do the Miz any great service either. I mean, the Miz is the guy who's like carrying the briefcase around. This is his calling card right now. And he just decided not to, in kayfabe, why did the Miz not cash in? In kayfabe, the Miz didn't cash in because because Roman Reigns and Jey Uso were having a conversation between <laughs> where he was and where Drew McIntyre was. Like, why did he not cash in? Yeah, you saw him get, you know, thrown through the announce table, speared through the guardrail and low blowed. That definitely was probably the the best opportunity you're going to get against Drew for the next month. So it definitely doesn't make much sense. But who knows? Maybe we'll cash in tomorrow. (laughs) I don't know if they're going to go there. I mean, they're sort of doing they're so they're still feuding with the Fiend. Right. I mean, I don't know if they have time if they're I don't know who's next up for Drew. I mean, maybe it is. But if they were going to do it, at least have the Miz come down and not cash in just out of, in the spirit of Survivor Series or in just in as just a general like hit mind game. Just have him just have him come to the ring and like shake Drew's hand and just say like, not tonight. I'm not I'm not that kind of guy or whatever. And then just, you know, do something. But if as because they were talking about it, because, you know, like but like they really didn't need to do it at all. Right. I mean, if they're, it, I would rather them done something because they were talking about it. But I'd, more more than anything, I'd rather them have just just leave Miz out of that pre-show battle royal and just forget that the money in the bank briefcase exists for a night. That's what I would have done. But anyway, um. Because they they everything else they did I thought was really good. I mean it was I mean it was a really it was a they they, they put everything together really well. And I, we got to talk about the profits versus the new day. Um, just because it was a damn good match, mm-hmm. it lived up to its to, to our expectations for it. I mean I could have watched five more minutes of it, but it, it was really really fun. You know I, I said this new day with with Kofi and Xavier and Biggie. I mean Biggie obviously came to the ring with them, but Biggie you know, not on a different show. It does feel like a really fresh new team. And, you know, their moveset sort of evolving towards just more of a speed-based, aerial-based yeah. thing. I mean, they've all they always were, but they always had the biggie moves sort of in the repertoire as well. So, but it was nice to see that. And of course, Montez Ford just got his moments to shine too. I mean, he looked, he was fantastic. Everything he does, everything everybody in this match is like gifted at being a pro wrestler. I just loved seeing Kofi and Montez kind of match athleticism. I think there was one spot Mm -hmm. where they both just jumped ridiculously high in the air at the same time. I can't can't even remember who was countering who, but it was just cool to kind of see that, like, I don't know if there's anybody else in the company that could really do, you know, that type of spot where it's having that little jump off moment other than them. I don't know who jumps higher than those two in the company. No, absolutely not. (laughs) I mean, and well, well, maybe Bianca. I mean, maybe that's... (laughs) Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, I, that man, it, that man, I mean, that, that's the first match I'm going to rewatch. I'm going to be honest with you because I was like, so into it. I was like out of my chair when that, during that match, 
Um, and then so much has happened since then that I barely even remember what went on. But it was, I mean, just amazing work by those guys. Congratulations. And like I said, we said on the preview show, I, I mean, when was the last time that a tag match, let alone like an inner, like a the tag match with nothing on the line? I mean, both these teams are champions, obviously. Mm-hmm. There's bragging rights are at stake. But the, the fact that, the, that this match, we were all so excited about it and it lived up to it really says a lot about where where we are with these guys. And 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 everything they've accomplished. I mean, for the, for the, the street profits in a relatively short amount of time. Right. Um, and I, you know, I'm just excited about them and excited about the new day too. I mean, it's, this is, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to see, well, when they kind of get back in the swing of things. Right. Um, I was, I was hopeful. I did. If you, if you recall on Friday, say that they needed to turn into a ladder match so that (laughs) Kofi and Montez could see who could like jump there just straight from the, from the, top from the top turnbuckle but uh my other prediction or my other not prediction my other hope was that they would reunite the artist collective and let cesaro and nakamura come to the aid of uh of Sami Zayn, and there was a moment during the match where i thought it was going to happen when he was just getting ganged up on constantly by the her business yeah i would say Sami Zayn has got to be a top five heel in the company right like and the fact that he nobody was can getting, do it like him. he was getting jumped four on one and I still didn't feel bad for him because of just like all the promos he's done recently. Is just well, like and, a, and he's, and he's great. Like, and yeah. he's like, like, like everybody likes Sammy Zane. Exactly. Like, and no, and no one is booing Sammy Zane and saying like, I hope he actually quits. Yeah. Like, I hope he right. doesn't come on wrestling anymore. Like Sammy Zane is, yeah. The, anytime that you're that beloved and you, when you turn heel, you get booze. It's the Paul Heyman thing. It's like nobody dislike everybody knows that Paul Heyman is like a singular talent, and you and everybody wants Paul Heyman on TV. We boo him out of out of respect. It's right. a courtesy boo, you know. It's like we know this is what you want. We and we're so happy that we're not even gonna cheer you. Ironically, we're going to boo you because that's what you deserve. Exactly. You know? And and uh, yeah, and and the fact that Sammy just gets that. Sammy get is getting courtesy booze, but he's getting courtesy booze like he's King Corbin. Like he's like people real <laughs> like people people aren't just saying like boo ha 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 boo like whatever. They're just like no. I mean they're act- actually acting like they want him to die, <laughs> but but they but it's, it's weird. It's like he's he gets he's crazy. He's not. He's probably like a top the top heel like after Roman Reigns in the whole company. Yeah, and while most of that match was pretty much just like a job fest for Sam for uh, Sami Zayn for Bobby Lashley, mm-hmm. I think the way they wrapped it up with you know Sami Zayn being able to claim the MVP tripped him when he obviously just fell. Well, he right. he fell over MVP. It wasn't an intentional trip and. And then, you know, MVP throws him into the ring. Now Sami Zayn can go on SmackDown and still go and say, you know, I didn't just lose this clean. I got screwed out of it. So I think they did great storytelling with that match, even though, you know, it wasn't necessarily the most like top notch uh, entertainment in terms of the wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, I have no idea who was in the Battle Royal. I haven't watched it. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the Miz won, but it's it really wasn't worth anything to highlight I'm looking I'm looking right now it was like oh, Jeff Hardy was in it which I guess yep. is notable because he appeared Elias. later at the night in the Undertaker thing no uh, it's a good match uh, it's like everybody that you would want to yeah. see in Ray, a battle royal Ray Dominic and uh, Buddy Murphy were in it but they oh, I feel like unless my memory is not serving me correct but all three of their eliminations didn't really like connect or anything no no like Dominic that. was the second to yeah, last Dominic was, was he was second but, to last, but, but like Buddy, I think when he was eliminated, it had nothing to do with them, even though they came out together. But I guess that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. The highlight or low light of Buddy Murphy's night was my wife 
doing the Google search when I told her that that uh, Alexa Bliss got engaged to Ryan Cabrera. It was she, that she went on the Google deep dive <laughs> and realized that that Alexa Bliss is previously engaged to Buddy Murphy, and she was like, "Oh." That's good for Buddy Murphy. That's good, right? And I was like, well, it's not anymore. Not anymore, and, <laughs> definitely. She's like, no, okay, yeah, whatever. So anyway, that was the highlight, I guess, and low light of Buddy Murphy's night in this household. Um, it's crazy. They fired so many people in WWE that when they have a battle royal now, it's actually a kind of must-see. I mean, all these, John Morrison, Kalisto, Mysterio, Humberto Carrillo, uh, Angel Garza, Cedric Alexander, Ricochet, Sean Benjamin, Apollo Crews, yeah, Buddy Murphy, Robert Roode, Dolph Ziggler, Nakamura, Elias, Jeff Hardy, and and Chad Gable. It, that's a that's a good lineup. I'm sure it's a terrible match or not worth watching, but now I kind of want to go back and watch it. Anyway, now you know what I'm gonna go watch that tag team match, and then I'm probably gonna go watch some Undertaker matches. That the title match though was 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 great. Um, there's a lot of good stuff tonight, man. I'm sure when 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 Kaz comes back, I think we're gonna have a lot of rockets to give out. For sure, for sure. I was. This is this was a. I mean, I don't. This was definitely a huge success for a Survivor Series. I don't think I'm too hyped in the moment. This was a because the matches seemed like they mattered. The a couple of them. I mean, the the title, the men's match. I mean, the 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 Reigns uh, McIntyre match, the Sasha Asuka match, and the tag team matches all felt like significant. Like what? Like it didn't really. I mean, the wins and losses not so much as like we're going to be seeing this rematch at some point. I mean, this is like these are two these are matches that we're like we desperately want to see. Right. Right. Um, they felt like we're, this is like a moment in WWE history almost. So that's really good. That was good booking. The matches, they, they were, they lived up to the hype and you know, there's a lot of story. They, they, it didn't feel like a lot of times survivor series and, and to some extent this one was, but it feels like the sort of isolated thing where every, all the major, all the other storylines are put on pause, you know? And like, we got to pretend we're living in a parallel universe for five minutes where all we care about is brand loyalty, even though we had a draft five minutes ago yeah. and half of us were on the other show. Right. But like you come away from this match. I mean, you come away from this night, you know, the men's survivor series match, you come away thinking just like now, like I'm, I'm excited to see how these like raw dudes are interacting tomorrow night. Right. Because like whatever, like it's going to, that the storyline's probably going to keep playing out. Right. And, and all the way through to the main event, I'm excited to see, I'm, I come away from it thinking about Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. You know, I'm not thinking about, I'm not stuck with like, oh, well, you know, that sucks for Drew McIntyre. Everybody's good, man. And like you said, we'll probably see this match at some point in the future. But for right now, I'm worried about the things like that are happening on the shows. You know, I'm excited to see what, what I mean, obviously the storyline's been great. I'm excited to see what they do with the Riot Squad. I'm excited to see what they do with Bianca Belair. You know, yeah. I'm excited. Like, all, all these things are sort of, it's it's not isolated. This is good for continuity. But, you know, and, and so so overall, I think this night was an incredible success. My biggest note was they shouldn't have had that commercial for the Broken Skull Sessions <laughs> and that made it look like the show was over. Yeah, 100% agree with you on that. They also, they also probably could have just, like, like, loaned the Godwin some sports coats. Like, do you think they showed up in overalls, like I don't get like it wasn't necessary for them to be wearing overalls, right? I mean, couldn't yeah. they have just worn their, like all these other people just wearing clothes? It doesn't matter. I mean, I don't know. It almost felt like a rib on them, but but who who knows? Who knows? It was uh it was sad to see the Undertaker go. For sure. For sure. 
It's been a really weird ride for The Undertaker. And the weirdest part about it has been everything that's happened in the past six months or whatever. It happened all so much during COVID, so I guess that's part of it. But, like, talk about, I mean, just kind of breaking kayfabe and doing all these interviews and just sort of, it's just sort of done. It's, like, real done, you know? And, like, I, I don't know. It's, a, it's I'm sure, like I said, I'm going to go watch some old Undertaker matches and get excited and and forget that he was in People Magazine making pancakes, but... Uh, I don't get offended by the breaking of kayfabe like some people, some of my friends do, but but it's just a little. And I'm excited to watch the Broken Skull sessions because I love to hear Undertaker, Undertaker telling stories. But it is just a little bit like, you know, I've seen enough. Just now, now he can hopefully recede back into the darkness for a while and maybe come back and put the fiend over in a little in, in a few months. <laughs> come out of retirement, they always do. I, hope, and I really hope he doesn't at this point. Like, I feel like there's been so much teasing of the retirement at this point. If he were to come back again after this one, that means he's just never retiring. That's what that would mean. <laughs> uh, You're right. Well, there's still a bunch of Saudi Arabian money to go around, so who knows? <laughs> anything's possible. Um, anyway, we got to get out of here. Thank you for doing this, man. Yeah, no uh, problem. We'll be back on, what, Thursday probably uh, with our regular show. Uh, Thanksgiving um, is Thursday, so next oh, Thursday. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going to be back, so maybe we, so, so we'll, so we'll do it. We'll do this, yeah, the week after Thanksgiving. Yep, sounds good. Uh, so enjoy your Thanksgiving turkey. Uh, enjoy your time off. Relax. Kick your feet up. Please stay socially distanced from everybody. No, we don't need to... Uh, the WWE had their own had a little super spreader event in the ring tonight with a bunch of old people. We do not need to recreate that at everybody's house around the country. Please, please, please be careful. Right. It's a real thing. Just ask Kaz. Uh, well, uh, until then, thank you for listening. Apologies as always to uh, new father John Moxley or new father to be John Moxley. We'll see you back here in a week and a half, humanoids. Tony Schiavone here on the Mass Man Show. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Mass Man Show. 